Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Howdy, everybody. Welcome in. Thank you for joining me once again. This is Chris Kiefer, and this is the RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bones. It's so easy why you guys should be clicking on keferinktesting.com and then click on that RMATVMC widget or banner that is up on top of the home page. Click on that and that'll take you back to Rocky Mountain and you guys can do your shopping. That helps us out, gives us a slice of what you guys are purchasing. It's been going great. Thank you everyone that's been using that code, using that widget, that banner. It's uh, it's showing up, and I appreciate it very much. Hell, what is it? It's Cyber Monday, you know, the week after Thanksgiving, and I see you guys been shopping. I like it. It's good to see. Thank you guys for uh, doing that over on RockyMountainATVMC.com. Don't forget about Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. Go get yourself some Evo DST gear. It's my favorite line of gear from the Fly guys over there, and, of course, a Formula Helmet. One of the most comfortable lids out there today, and of course, one of the most safest helmets that I'll put on my head or my kid's head. Uh, I had my wife in studio last week. I miss her. Actually, I miss my wife in studio. It was fun having her last week, but she will even tell you that there's only a couple helmets that I really believe in, and of course, the formula is one of those. So go check out all of that stuff over at flyracing.com. And race tech, let's do some suspension. Let's get some engine services. Let's do a tune up on those seals. It'll leaking. Don't you hate it when you're in the back of your truck and you tie your bike down and you get to the track and you see a puddle of fork fluid sitting there in the back of the bed? You're like, holy shit. It's time for a fork seal. Well, you know what? Go to racetech.com. Hit me up, Chris at keferinktesting.com, and I will get you a discount code and get your fork seal fixed. And get you back on the track ASAP. Great dudes, great products. Racetech.com. Go check them out. Are you sore? Little uh, knees hurting a little bit? No, it's not witchcraft. It's CBD. But Icon CBD more specifically. I-K-O-N-CBD.com. Go check them out. They're, I mean, I've been using it. I preach this stuff a lot, but man. I rub that stuff on my knees and my elbows every morning. I usually my routine is I go to the gym, I stretch, drink a little bit of coffee, rub that CBD, and I'm ready to start my day. I go riding. It's great. So go to icon-cbd.com, use the code word Kiefer, save yourself some money, rub that on there, get back to me, tell me how you like it. Stuff works good, and they're based out of Colorado. 
course, you know Heather loves that then. So go check them out. Thank you for all of my advertisers that are sticking with me for 2021. We're going to have a couple new advertisers. Uh, not because the ones I have are necessarily going away, but we got some big news coming down the pipe. So look for some of that in December. We are going to get you guys some more discount codes, save yourself some money on great products. So can't wait to talk about that as well. I might just do uh, my next show and let you in on a few things and give you some new advertisers that are going to be on here. So I can't wait to do that and explain why we may be moving on from uh, some others. So um, sometimes in business that you have to move on. And uh, you look for something that uh, is maybe as good, if not better, and that's what we're doing here for 2021. So excited about that. But all of my advertisers on this podcast in 2020, thank you very much, and thank you to you guys out there for supporting them and believing in me that I'm not just pushing a bunch of shit, or as some would call it, fake news. You know me, I'm all about fake news over here. So I'm just getting rich, piles of money over here from just all this advertising money that I'm getting from all this fake news bullshit. Holy hell, 2020 has been funny, right? We're here, people. We're going to talk about, you know what? A 2021 450MX non-shootout. That's right. I didn't do a shootout this year, but you know what I did do? You go to keyforinktesting.com. I did a versus, which is... Something I put together, I put two bikes head-to-head and broke each one of them down into pieces and then broke that down into the rider. Each rider has a different kind of style. So over 10 different types of riders I broke down on these articles. But we're going to talk about those riders here, more specifically in this show, and then we're going to talk about each bike that I have ridden and I will get you some feedback and try to give you a direction on if you're interested in buying a motorcycle for 2021, which is you might want to do it sooner than later because, holy crap, motorcycle sales are going through the roof. Dealerships are empty, which is all great news, but I don't think some of these manufacturers forecasted what they were about to go through in 2020. You know, I know... A little bit about the numbers and how much um, manufacturers produce per bike. And that has been slowly dwindling down over time because they've been producing less and less bikes over the past few years because, quite frankly, motorcycle sales haven't been too spectacular. But COVID hit 2020, people are getting outside. Now dealerships are selling out of motorcycles. You walk into I'll give you an example. I walked into Chaparral the other day, and there is basically maybe six bikes on the showroom floor. And if you guys have been to Chaparral, it is a big-ass showroom, and it was barren. It was eerie how echoey it was through the showroom. So good for the salesman, good for the dealership, good for you guys out there for purchasing, getting outside, spending time with your family. I went to California City MX to ride on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. I have never seen so many trailers, off-road vehicles, um, just people out in the desert enjoying side-by-sides, motorcycles, quads, UTVs, all this stuff. Man, tons and tons of people out in the des, more so than usual, so... That makes me smile. That makes me happy. People out getting outside and enjoying their time with the families and the loved ones. But 
if you guys want to get a 2021, you might want to do it sooner than later. And in this podcast, we're going to tell you which direction I think that you need to go. By no means, I want to kind of preface this podcast. By no means, I am I'm not the gospel of dirt bikes. I will tell you my honest opinion, try to guide you in the way that I think um, that that I think you should go. This is why I break down riders. I've been doing production testing for almost twenty years, um, and over those twenty years, we have broken down types of riders within our meetings that we've had on. Several manufacturers. We did this at KTM. We did this at Yamaha. We did this at Honda. When I was a part of the testing process, breaking down types of riders. We even went so far back in the day at KTM to name the type of rider. So if a front end steering guy was named Harry, I don't know why I remember that, but that was the name for a front end steering guy, Harry. So when I'm out testing, people will say, Hey, how do you think Harry would like this bike? Well, and I would go on to explain what I feel Harry would like about a KTM. So that is kind of what I'm bringing to KeeferInkTesting.com. These years, um, the knowledge that I've had doing this production type of testing, and then breaking that down for you guys out there, the consumer, to decide on which bike is best for you. Now, does this mean that I will never go back to shootouts? No, absolutely not. I just feel like in this day and age, it's time for something new. I've done shootouts. I've been a part of it at Dirt Rider. I've done them here at Kieferink Testing. And although they are good, I started really thinking about this. How much do they actually help you? I don't know. Some do, some don't. But why not try something different? Why not do something different? If you want to go look at a shootout, there is plenty out there. I, I like to read shootouts. I like to view them on the videos. I like it. I referenced this um, on the Pulp Show. I feel like these shootouts are like a car crash on the side of a freeway. You're going slow. You want to see it because you got to see what's going on, right? And that is basically what, I'm, what, I, what I do with shootouts is, man, I just want to see what it's all about. I will watch the video and I will see who won. But the, does, that, does that mean if I'm a consumer... I should go buy the number one bike or the number three bike. They're not really breaking down the rider, and they're not really breaking down each machine and who that's for. Now, they have six different types of riders or five different guys, but how much information are you gathering per person? I don't know. And maybe you are. Maybe you are gathering enough information and deciding on what to buy through shootouts. That is great. Continue to do that. Continue to live your life that way if that's what you want. By no means am I coming on the show and saying, this is the way of the future. This is what you guys should be doing. Listen to me. Never been that way. Never want to be that way. I'm just trying to offer up a different view for you guys out there that maybe still can't decide on what to get after viewing these shootouts. As always, guys... My door is open. Uh, Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com. You're not getting something from these podcasts that you may want to know. Hey, man, I listened to this hour-long show. I didn't get enough information. What about this, this, and this? I'm happy to answer that. Um, I hear (laughs) these people go, oh, Chris is uh, fake news, all this shit. I don't know where that's coming from. Well, actually, I do know that's coming from, but... 
I'm an open door, guys. You guys want to see how I work? I'll tell you. You guys want to see what I do at the track? Come along with me. Come along with the ride. I'm fine. No problem. I ride all different kinds of bikes. Actually, just got home right now. Um, some guy rode my ass the other day. Say, hey, man, remember when you told me you're going to ride the KX450 more? Yep, I do remember that. You're right. So back on the KX450 this week, putting some more time, trying to get some different mods and settings for you Cowie guys out there. Um, was on a KX250 last week. That story will be up this week on KeferInkTesting.com. So I'm trying to ride as much as possible, different colors um, for work for you guys to get the information. Now, you will see that I ride a Yamaha on my own time because that's what I like the most. So let's start with the Yamaha YZ450F. Why did it get fourth in the vital shootout? Why is it getting second in the other shootout? Um, Dirt Rider, it got second. I'm pretty sure Cycle News, it got second. So just like I mentioned earlier, in these in these uh, shootouts that we see, it doesn't mean if a bike gets fifth or fourth and it's a piece of shit. All of these bikes, and, and even these shootouts that are up, they even say the same thing. They're all good in their own way, but it matters which way it's good for you, the listener, right now, right? So what type of engine does the Yamaha have? I will tell you this. If you don't like an explosive, exciting type of power, the Yamaha may not be for you. However, if you like to lug your engine, you like to be lazy, and you're a bigger dude, and you can handle some meat, some power, the Yamaha is great. I have a buddy named Greg. He just retired 33 years in the sheriff's department, loves the Yamaha because he's lazy. He's a third-gear guy. He can lug around the track. It's fine. Third gear. It doesn't get away from him. It just pulls like a tractor, and he loves the Yamaha. He wasn't a fan of the Yamaha a few years ago, but now that Yamaha's chassis has changed a little bit, the engine is kind of smoothed out, he loves third-gear power on the Yamaha. Now, I will say this about the Yamaha. I'm 170 pounds. Um, I like to be aggressive, and at times, the Yamaha is too much for me. What did I do to calm that down? Well, you can also go to the Yamaha Power Tuner app. You, there's all kinds of maps up on my site. You can calm it down. There's a linear, smooth control map that you can view up on my site. You guys, you bigger dudes, want some more power? There's a TP5 map. There's an exciting power map. But there's only so much the Yamaha Power Tuner can do. If you want some more parameters, if you want a smoother, broader, longer revving YZ450, yes, Vortex ECU is great. I've worked tirelessly on maps with Jamie at Twisted and Chad from XPR. I rode with a Vortex at Loretta Lens and at the World Vet Nationals not too long ago, and it just makes the Yamaha a lot friendlier for me to ride in second gear and then use third gear um, around the track as well. So it just gives you a broader range for me with a Vortex box. That doesn't mean you guys can't dial in your Yamaha with a Power Tuner app. It's just the parameters are not as wide as a Vortex. So right now for me, the Yamaha is the most fun for me to ride. I like that because it's stable. 
You're looking for a bike that's planted to the ground, um, doesn't get twitchy, may feel a little bit wide for newer Yamaha riders. I do not feel the width as much on the Yamaha when I'm riding it more than one day. If I'm riding the Cowie like I did today and then I get back on the Yamaha, that's when I feel the width within the shrouds. But when you hear these test riders talk about, eh, it feels wide, well, these guys are jumping back and forth on these different bikes and really dissecting everything, right? So if you went and bought a Yamaha and hopped on it, you would be used to it within a day. It's that easy. The average consumer is not going to be able to hop around on all these bikes and feel, oh, yeah, I do notice it's wider in the shrouds. Only we do because we get to hop around on different bikes and tell you guys this. So for me, I do not notice the width when I ride it a lot. I notice it more when I get off of other bikes that are narrower. Does it bother me when I'm riding? No, it doesn't affect the way I corner. And in fact, if you hear someone tell you a Yamaha does not corner, they're full of shit. Maybe it doesn't corner because it comes with an MX-33 front tire, which is a pile of shit. But once you get a better front tire on a Yamaha, the thing corners great. Yes, Area 1 initial lean may feel a little bit heavier than a Kawasaki or a Honda. But it tracks well inside the corner. It lays over nice. It doesn't have any oversteer. And to me, it's just a stable machine. Reason... Another reason why I like Yamaha is that I can come into a corner hard and I don't get no rigidity or harshness. It has a nice chassis um, feel over small square edge bumps. Even when I went to Loretta's uh, where it's softer, bigger bumps, the chassis, I like that feeling coming into the corners. And if you guys are familiar with Loretta's, you get into a rut you're locked into a rut, and there's bumps inside this rut. This bike soaks up that stuff really well. Now, talking about soaking it up. Best suspension out there on the market. You will not find a better set of suspenders on a bike more so than a Yamaha right now. The Yamaha YZ450F KYB SSS stuff is amazing, easy to dial in. I can run stock suspension all year and be happy I do end up stiffening mine up a little bit. Um, I have the guys over at Enzo try that. Yoshi and the gang, Ross, they did a great job. I've had a setting from Racetech that I liked a lot. Um, but overall, track toughness and suspension is superb on a YZ450. So the bike hasn't changed for 2021. It has a wide variety of people. Now let's break down these category of rider for this Yamaha. Vet rider... Less than 200 pounds. Maybe I will going to give it's a split decision right now. So I like it. I'm 170 pounds. But if you're less than 200 pounds and you're not racing a lot, it might be too much bike for you. I will say that. It might get away from you. Now you're going to have to use the power tuner to tune it down. Still maybe too much bike for you. Vet Rider, more than 200 pounds. Great bike. Easy to ride. You can lug it. Super friendly, easy, get your big ass out of the corner, onto the next straightaway in a hurry. So for me, I like the Yamaha for a rider that's over 200 pounds. Um, again, aggressive light rider, maybe not so much. The lighter guys don't seem to like that aggressive nature power. So 
If you do like a lot of excitement and pop down low, the YZ is for you. Um, again, a lugging type of rider benefit is excellent on the Yamaha. Ergos for a six foot and up guy. That's the problem with the YZ guys. The YZ 450, holy shit. It needs some help in the ergos department. I have the flow pegs um, that are 10 millimeters back and 2 millimeters down. It does help a little bit, but they need to work on the seat transition to the handlebars. It's a little bit too much of a dip in the middle of the seat. So I'm six foot tall. I feel a little bit cramped, but not so cramped where um, I just... I'm out. It's a, it's not a deal breaker for me on this bike. A little bit of handlebar work. I do an SX Race Pro Taper bar, uh, move the pegs back a little bit, and I'm happy with it, and I feel comfortable with it. You can also go to a tall seat. Guts Racing makes those. GYTR also makes a tall seat, but who the hell knows when that thing's coming out because it was out for a little bit. Now it's on back order. Don't know if it's back in stock yet, but you can look at GYTR. They have a three-quarter inch taller seat foam. Guts is one inch. So that is something to look forward to. A lot of my friends that ride Yamahas like the Guts racing seat, so you look into that. Front-end steering guy. Yamaha is great for front-end steering guys. Has a lot of front-end steering for me. Run that fork height up at four to five millimeters. Um, sag at 105, and you'll be good. Rear-end steering guys, maybe not so much. Uh... It's actually kind of hard to flat track or lean that bike when there's no berm or rut and kind of steering it with the rear. It's tough because it doesn't want to swing around and slide around. It has a planted, sticky feeling in the rear, so hard to break traction um, coming around those flat corners. West Coast Rider, YZ is great. East Coast Rider, YZ is great. If you're a GP or an off-road guy, fast, square-edgy, West Coast type of dude, Yamaha is also great because of just the way the chassis nature is on this Yamaha. Very stable, planted feeling. And don't forget, when you guys buy new bikes, they will be a little bit more rigid than they will be after about 20 hours. They'll break in, they'll seat, and they'll get even better on straight line stabilities as it breaks in. I have a YZ450F test bike that has like 60 hours on it. And then I have a new one that I just bought. That's right. I do buy motorcycles. And this year I bought a Yamaha. Uh, 2021, I bought, and it's stiff-natured. I rode it the other day, tried to break it. I'm like, holy hell, it's kind of stiff compared to my 60-hour Yamaha. So they will break in. They will seat. Give yourself some time. Same thing with suspension. It will break in and seat, but you'll have to put some time on it. And then do your suspension later. Don't just get your new bike. And then say, holy hell, I'm going to take it off right now and send it into Race Tech. Ride it, break it in, feel it, give Race Tech a little bit more info on what you want. That helps your setup tremendously, just FYI. So, breaking those riders down, that is the YZ450. Moving on to the KX450. Pleasantly surprised with Team Green for 2021. Not a lot of changes to this bike. Uh, they did make a clutch change to this bike, but for me, I was thinking before I got on and I was like, yeah, it can't be that much different, but it actually helped the delivery of the Kawasaki even more in 2021. 
gets the power to the ground better. That clutch now, it's more of a diaphragm clutch similar to a KTM clutch now in the Kawasaki. So it puts the rear-wheel traction down better in 2021. And when I feed that clutch, it's also a little bit less what we call herky-jerky or on-off feeling. So that right there makes the Kawasaki even better for 2021. Just like the Yamaha, you know, it's damn close for me. If I had to go choose a bike to buy, obviously you just listened to me. I went and bought a Yamaha, but right now I love a Kawasaki KX450. Every time I get back on it, I always say this. It's a great bike. I love it. I just got back today from um, doing some motos out near my sand track in Asperia, California, and the Kawasaki is superb. Dry, hard-packed, rough. I will venture to say the KX450 is way more friendly on that kind of terrain than it is the YZ. Why is that? So if you're looking for, if you're the type of rider that wants stability, that likes a light-feeling motorcycle, that likes free revving engine but not as exciting as the Yamaha, this is the KX450. Straight line stability, chassis comfort is the best in class, better than the Yamaha. Now, the fork is softer than the Yamaha, has a little bit of front end dive, so balance isn't as good, but for me, you put a heavy spring in that thing, you dial it in, you get the balance right, and it is a pleasure to ride. Today, uh, I end up doing two 20-minute motos on a sand track that has <clears throat> sand up on top of the track. And then the lower half of this track is clay-based where it's square edge. So I have some rolling whoops on top. And then I have these square edge, um, I guess I like to say square edge coming out of the corners, these big holes. And the way the Kawasaki handles both is mind-blowing for me. So the Kawasaki engineers really have this frame feel down um, I would like to have a little bit more horsepower or pulling power out of corners kind of like the Yamaha but it also makes the Kawasaki really easy to ride I am on the upper echelon of com you know competition I want a bike that you know has a lot of power to get me from point A to point B but if you're a guy that just is a vet rider that wants a comfortable bike for his moto, six, seven, eight laps, the KX450 is not going to get you as tired as the Yamaha well in a longer situation. Um, to describe the engine, I will say free revving, like I mentioned earlier, right? But after that free revving light feel, it doesn't have that torque or that meat that a Yamaha has, or even like a Honda CRF450. It's more of a lightweight feel, pulling power. You shift in the third. You can't lug third gear in corners like you can on the Yamaha. So this is what holds it back for me. This is the only reason. If it had a little bit of a, of a, of a more of an exciting engine and had a fork that just held up a little bit more, this bike, to me, would blow a Yamaha away. The Ergos, much better. Fits my six-foot frame nice. Um, reliability is another issue that I worry about on parts for the Kawasaki versus the Yamaha. Things like chain sliders, chain guides, um, just stuff like that. I feel like the Yamaha is a little bit better. I know the clutch 
on this Kawasaki is a little bit better than the Yamaha for me. I am not a huge hydraulic guy, but this hydraulic clutch is nice to use. The levers on the Kawasaki are a little bit thin. The blade is a little bit thin for me. I like a little bit thicker of a blade. But overall for me, this green bike is very close for the Yamaha or to the Yamaha. Now, I will say the Kawasaki corners a little bit better in area one than the Yamaha. So you have a lighter, narrower feel when you dip into that rut. And then area two to three is as good as a Yamaha. Corning stability is nice. Getting out of the corner is good. It squats nice. I will say the shock is as good as a Yamaha's. I like both sets of suspension. <clears throat> but once you're off throttle coming into a corner, front end traction is down because it gets a little bit too low. And that's where you start to feel unbalanced feel. So if you're the type of rider, again, we're going to break these things down. Vet rider, less than 200 pounds. To me, this bike is better than the Yamaha. Vet rider, more than 200 pounds, still pretty damn good. You just might want a little bit more power. So you might have to put some time in. I've ran a Kawasaki with a Vortex ECU. That helps wake it up. That gives you some more pulling power. Again, I always preach Vortex ECUs. It is probably the cheapest horsepower you're going to get, $800 to $1,000. You get way more out of it than you do a muffler. And to me, I feel that way more than a high-compression piston or a cam. So you can look into these Vortex ECUs via Jamie or Chad. Uh, these guys have this stuff dialed in, and they know this stuff really well. So maybe that's why I like it so much, because these guys seem to have it nailed when every time I try it. Aggressive light rider, awesome. If you're a guy less than 170 pounds, the suspension should be fine for you. I don't think you will need a heavier fork spring. If you're over 170, chances are you're going to need at least a .51, or sorry, a 5.1 um, fork spring. Lugging type of rider, Yamaha is better. Still not quite there yet in the engine department for Kawasaki. Ergos for six foot and over. Kawasaki nails it. Very good ergos. Under six foot, also okay. Um, the Cowie does feel a little bit long at times when I'm jumping back and forth on other bikes, but it literally takes me an hour, hour or two, and it feels really nice and planted. And uh, that long feeling that I once had has kind of disappeared. Front-end steering rider. The Kawasaki is more front-end friendly than it ever has been. So if you're a front-end steering guy, I don't think you're going to have a problem steering into corners. I've been to several tracks with this bike. Today, the track was shitty and dry. And when I rode this bike, I still had massive amounts of front-end traction. Um, on my test bike, I have you know 5.1 fork springs. It does help balance that out. That will also help front-end traction for you guys, too. So this is more of a front- and rear-steering bike. It's very balanced. I feel like it caters to rear-and-steering guys a little bit more because I can drift the Kawasaki a little bit better in flat corners than I can the Yamaha. And to me, any other bike, for that matter, I can back into a flat corner and get around and get out better on the green bike than any other bike out there. So you can... Um, if you're a rear and steering guy, look into a KX450 because I feel like you'll be able to ride that bike the best. West Coast, East Coast type of rider. I would venture to say it's a little bit better of a West Coast machine because of the engine. East Coast is tacky, dry, I'm sorry, tacky and grabby. 
that caters to a little bit of a stronger engine when you have to get on top of that stuff and get in and get out of the rut. I had a little bit of time on some tacky dirt in Colorado at a private track on the KX450, and it was very difficult for me to get in these deep, grabby ruts and then pop out, and it made the bike feel a little bit heavier than the Yamaha. And on paper, the Yamaha is five pounds heavier than the Kawasaki. GP, West Coast, off-road guys, Roots, East Coast guys, to me, the KX450 is the way to go. If you're a racer, especially amateur racing, go get a Kawasaki. There is no better contingency program or help. I'm pushing this on my son as well. If he wants to really do this racing thing, Team Green is excellent for amateur support and being at the track, helping riders, noticing riders, and then helping them further their career. Kawasaki does it right, folks, and they help. They have Team Green. Uh, they give you discounts on bikes. So GP guys, off-road guys, look into a Kawasaki. They even have the 450 and 250X now. We'll be doing some of those in our off-road shootout. Yes, we will be doing an off-road shootout, but Kawasaki does that right. So kudos to the guys over there at Kawasaki for building the awesome 450 uh, just reiterated that today when I just got off the damn thing and right in the studio. So really stoked on this bike right now. Hey guys, sorry for the interruption, but it's time to pay some bills. Stick with it. Get some discount codes and maybe learn something. Hold on. We'll be right back. All-American Chevrolet in Killeen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front-end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColeen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Killeen. Chevy, find new roads. FMF, fast mother, bleep, nah, Flying Machine Factory, that's what it stands for. Go to fmfracing.com, you got a four-stroke, two-stroke, they've got what you need. Trust me, older two-stroke pipes and silencers, they have it, they still make them. You got a newer four-stroke, you want some extra horsepower, they got that too. But most importantly, if you guys want to look cool at the track, maybe you want to make your chick look cool. You want to wear a cool hat, or you're a two-stroke guy, and you want a shirt that says mixing gas and hauling ass. Go to fmfracing.com. They got a whole merch section. Trust me, it's real. there's a lot of stuff over there. It looks pretty cool. So Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money on the merch. I suggest you go do it. I have a two-stroke shirt, and I don't even wear freaking two-stroke shirts. That's how cool this thing is. So... Go to fmfracing.com, save yourself some money, and of course, if you have any problems, you have any concerns, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and hopefully I can guide you in the right direction on FMF products. I know a lot about them, so trust me, they're good, quality built. There's even a guy back in the diner room you probably never heard of. His name is George. He is a wizard. He is the one just grinding away, doing all of the dyno testing, handing the the stuff off to me at times to test. He's a smart dude. FMFRacing.com. Go visit the site. It's a cool site. Go get some merch. Save yourself some money with Kiefer Inc. Thank you, guys. Are you an older guy like me? I'm 43, and I still love to go race dirt bikes. 
If you're like me, go to OregonOldTimers.com. They're just not racing in Oregon. They got a race coming up at Glen Helen September 5th and 6th. They have a Mesquite, Nevada race October 31st and November 1st. Bring the family, long motos, classes for everyone, very cool organization, and it's run very good. It's not this thing you're going to be sitting around all day waiting to ride, and when you do ride, you got five laps. Longer motos, fun to get in shape, hang out with your family, hang out with your buddies, go race some dirt bikes, go to OregonOldTimers.com and check out the schedule. And if you guys have any questions, hit me up, Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com. And I'll be more than happy to help you out. See you guys at the race. Have you guys checked out bloodlubricants.com? If you haven't, bludlubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain, and uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check the legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. You got a new bike? Hell, you got an old bike? Go to ride-engineering.com. You can use the code KT. 25 to get 25% off. If you're looking for anything chassis related, clamps, bar mounts, axle blocks, whatever it is, they even got calipers, brakes. They do it all over there at ride-engineering.com. So go check them out. Use the code. Save yourself some money. If you have any questions, you guys know the email. Visit them. Ride-engineering.com. Have you ever just walked out inside your garage, go to start your bike, and that some bitch don't start? Well, that's because you were like me at one point. I did not use firepower batteries on some of my test bikes out there. Go to start it one morning before a test, dead. My good old trusty YZ450F, dead. Go to firepowerparts.com, do yourself a fair, put a battery in your Yamaha or any color bike, lose a little bit of weight, you'll get more reliability. And while you're at it, you're looking for a chain? 
firepower parts do O-ring chains, as well as heavy-duty seal chains. And they even got oil. You can check them out, firepowerparts.com. They have a lot of great parts. That's why they're on this show. And, of course, they are a WPS company, so you know it's quality. Go visit them, firepowerparts.com. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to protaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars? You don't want a crossbar? ProTaper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half-waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The Race Cut grips? Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy, so go check them out. ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KeeferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyfering testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or... Maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. You guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keeferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720 212 4685 Plum Creek Funding Zach Morris hit him up you guys looking to buy a new bike 2021s are out go to Power Motorsports that's right they're in Oregon powermotorsports.com if you guys want a deal on a Yamaha ooh or a Kawasaki ah or maybe just maybe you want a KTM they got them all there they have Kiefer Inc testing special discounts Email me, chris at keferinktesting.com, and I will get you in touch with David Sibley. That's right, David Sibley at Power Motorsports. He knows the drill. He knows Kiefer Inc. Testing gives the best deals possible, and so do Power Motorsports. Hit him up, powermotorsports.com. We're back. That wasn't so bad, was it? Hopefully you guys saved some money. Any questions about these advertisers, hit me up. Here we go. Moving along to the FC and the SXF. 450s here, KTM and Husqvarna. They don't like it when I lump them in together, but I'm going to do that here. So right now, these two bikes, totally different machines stacked up against each other in the shootouts. You will see the KTM rank high and then the Husqvarna rank low. And you guys might be wondering, why is that? Well, for me, I think the reason is Husqvarna has a proprietary suspension setting for 2021 10 millimeter lower bike overall with the Husqvarna versus the KTM. And I think although the Husqvarna is good with that 10 millimeter lower setting for side to side movement initially in the corner, I don't think it is as good on G out landings, big hits, or even for me, 
straight line stability. I feel like straight line stability is down a little bit compared to a KTM. Um, and I think somewhat that and then also a lack of RPM response compared to the KTM um, is the reasons why we're seeing such a, a different uh, ranking compared to the – usually they're like second, third, or third, fourth. Now you're seeing second, fifth, second, fourth. There's a gap between these bikes. And the reason is because they don't feel quite the same like they did when they first came out together. Um the differences are also, you guys might already know this, swing arm, airbox, subframe, muffler, handlebars, things like that. Um, the KTM handlebar is atrocious, rigid, stiff. If Pro Taper would just put their bar on a KTM, that would help. But for me, with these two bikes, I like a KTM better just because RPM response is a little bit better than the Husqvarna. But I will tell you this. If you're a vet guy and you're scared of 450 power, this Husqvarna or KTM is the best choice for you out there. I always tell the vet guys this all the time. Again, just had my buddy, hasn't ridden in a long time, 56 years old, hopped on the KTM, is in love with it. Doesn't really give a shit about the air fork. Air fork feels nice to him. He doesn't really know any better. So just because we the media testing guys shit on the air fork at times. It's not a horrible fork. Okay. The vet guy, you guys may say, Hey, well, he's lazy. He's slow. He can't lug it. No, but you know what? Second gear is so long on the KTM and the Husqvarna that you don't have to lug it. You can use second gear in the corners, still not going to get away from you because it doesn't have that gnarly RPM response. It's a smooth, long linear power that's easy to ride and then you don't have to shift you can just simply leave it in second gear and it'll pull you farther down the next straight than it would on any other japanese bike so that goes for husqvarna or ktm i will even venture to say the husqvarna will pull a little bit farther on top end overrev than the ktm you're just not going to get as much pickup or recovery on the Husqvarna versus the KTM. You People always say, oh, they're so light on paper. Look, I'm straight up honest with you guys. Yes, it feels light at times on the track, either one of these bikes, but they do not feel like they're 10 pounds lighter like they do on paper. And that is because of how smooth the power is, Okay. Leaning the bike side to side, KTM or Husqvarna, that's where you feel 12 pounds, 10 pounds than over the Japanese bikes. But I'm telling you, throttle response or picking the bike out of a corner, area three, picking the bike back up doesn't feel super light. It doesn't feel like, oh, man, I'm just whoop right back up in it. It'll feel kind of heavy at times, especially in area two of the corner if you're not on the throttle. If you're off throttle, area two of the corner... The KTM and Husqvarna feel a little bit heavy at times. You will feel lightweight when you're on throttle. This is where you feel the lightweight feel. There's always a difference in motorcycles, okay, guys? There's differences between on throttle and off throttle. Everything that we talk about in these shows, suspension, chassis, engine, on or off throttle, there is differences in the feeling. 
Um, for example, on throttle, leaning into a corner, if I leave it, the gas on, once I'm settled into area one and then rap, roll out, KTM Husqvarna feels light. But if I come in and I screw up and I'm off throttle and have to get back on the gas, that's where it feels heavy. That's where I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get back on the gas. And there's not enough RPM response to keep me upright in the corner or get me back straight. Instead, I've had more times where I'm going into a corner and I give it gas because I screw up and end up falling over because there's just simply not enough pickup. With that being said, you older guys don't notice that because it's a smoother power. It's easier to ride for you guys. You guys don't want that quick RPM hit. So unless you guys are just <laughs> competitive and diving into corners, I would leave a KTM or Husqvarna stock. If you guys are racing, you want a little bit of more, you want a little bit more pickup, a little bit more recovery. Look into a Vortex ECU. The KTM and the Husqvarna will respond to modifications the best out of all the bikes today. A Vortex and a muffler on a Husqvarna or a KTM. Holy shit. It wakes up the engine. It makes the bike feel like 12 pounds lighter than the others. And again, revving out second gear, third gear farther than any other Japanese bike will make you smile. Guaranteed. I purchased a Husqvarna two years ago. Loved it. Loved everything about it. I went to a spring fork, yes. But that's not to say AER fork can't work. It's not going to work the same over the course of a long day. But if you're out having a good time, you haven't ridden a, you know, 10, 15 years and you want to have a new 450, the KTM or Husqvarna to me is the way to go because they're so easy and they're non-threatening 450s. Yamaha has a lot of power. Kawasaki still has a lot of power. Honda a lot of power. The KTM and Husqvarna easy, linear, long Lots of rear-wheel traction. Reliability on these bikes are really good. People talk shit on KTM and Husqvarna reliability, but I'm telling you what. I've ran the shit out of all of these bikes, the white and the orange bikes. I purchased mine, did nothing. Fuel filter every 12 to 14 hours and ran it. I've had one battery issue on a KTM. Otherwise, clutches last 40 hours, and that is rare for me. I have to change a clutch every 10 to 12 hours in a Yamaha. The way KTM and Husqvarna built their clutches inside, they last, okay? Easy to start, uh, quality parts, the brakes are the best. There's so much great stuff to these machines that made me want to go buy one, and I did. So breaking down the riders here, Vet Rider, less than 200 pounds, yep, Husqvarna, KTM, is right up your alley. Vet Rider or over 200 pounds, you may want a little bit more power. You may want to look towards uh, a Yamaha or even a Honda that we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, an aggressive light rider. For me, if you're coming off of a 250F and you want to get on a 450 without you know going to a 350 because that's a whole nother can of worms we can open, uh, the KTM or Husqvarna is a great machine for that type of rider to graduate into a bigger bike lugging type of rider these bikes are not luggers they like to be uh revved out at times okay 
And when I say at times and you're on a sandier track, you will have to rev this bike a little bit more because the way the engine builds its RPMs, it likes to be revved. Now, if you're on a hard pack track, think West Coast stuff, yes, totally lug it in second gear. You'll be a lugger in second gear versus third gear like you are on the Yamaha. So just note that. Ergos, for guys over six foot or under six foot, both of these bikes are great. You will notice that these handlebar bends are lower. I recommend, for me, I'm six foot. If you guys are in that area, go to a five millimeter bar mount spacer. Bring that up in the middle and then still use a flat um, bar bend. Most likely, you should be using a pro taper bend so you'll get less vibration from a pro taper on the steel frame because they do vibrate more than Japanese bikes. And uh, that'll help your cockpit open up a little bit, bring it up. So when you do stand up, you're not so low to the ground. Uh, same thing goes for the Husqvarna. It does come with the pro taper, but it is a low flat bend. Five millimeter riser in the bar mount. You can go to Ride Engineering. They have a very good bar mount with spacers that um, work well for um, guys that want to adjust their cockpit a little bit more. Front end steering riders. Yes, sir. Front end steering riders will like the Husqvarna and the KTM. It has a lot of front wheel traction, even though they do come with air fork. The air fork does move more initially than it ever has before, which obliges front-end steering riders. Rear-end steering riders, same thing. This is a great balance. These two bikes really accommodate either type of guy. I like that. West Coast, for me, KTM Husqvarna is tailor-made for West Coast type of guys. Hard pack, uh, easy to use on the throttle, lots of rear-wheel traction. East Coast, I would like more RPM response. I would recommend you guys going a different route if you guys are East Coast heavy dirt, unless, of course, you want to dump some more money into a KTM or Husqvarna, a.k.a. Ignition and Muffler, and then have fun. Because to me, <laughs> there's not a more fun bike to ride than a KTM that's on a Vortex ECU with some T4 fuel uh, FMF muffler system and a good... WP cone valve or pro component fork. I have a blast on that thing. I spent my vacation this summer in Colorado riding two weeks every day. That's right, every day on badass tracks, on shitty tracks. And I had probably some of the most fun I've had on a KTM with some work done. But then again, it costs money. You just spent 10 grand on a bike. Do you want to spend an extra $2,000 on a muffler and an ECU? I don't know, but if you do, you're going to have a badass time on the KTM. Uh, GP off-road guy, uh, tough to say for me. I would go a different direction simply because of the fork. If you're riding long distances, two hours or more, that fork is going to change. So if you do prefer a KTM, which has stability, guys, has good stability, but needs a spring fork to make it consistent, that's the key thing for me consistency that's what you're not getting out of an air fork you're riding short motos you're a moto guy think you know jody and rem five six laps 15 minutes no problem you can dial in the air fork i've ridden some revalved air fork stuff that's really good but over the course of the day it will change so just note it's going to take more work for you guys to pay attention to your aer fork so 
Just know that. All right, last but not least, Honda Sierra 450R 2021. Uh, I've had a lot of time on this bike previously before it was released. Uh, was in some development with this bike. Obviously, some things changed uh, when COVID hit. And when I got on the bike, just didn't feel like the same bike that I rode before it came back. Um, that's not to say it's not a better Honda. I'm thinking about doing an article that I really would like to do over on keyforringtesting.com where I compare a 2020 to a 2021 because I get a lot of questions. Should I buy a 2020 or should I get a 2021? Look, 2021, plain and simple, is a better Honda 450. Where is it better, Kiefer? Well, I will tell you this. Engine, once you get that ECU rich feeling, low RPM feeling out, the engine is smoother, longer, easier to ride than the 2020, not as violent. To me, that is a win right there. 2020, shit tons of power, guys. If you're a heavier guy, you live on the East Coast, Honda is amazing. The Honda makes you want to ride soft dirt, rip ruts, exciting power, uh, stiffer nature chassis. You're 200, 220 pounds. You're going to love this bike because it, it's just going to feel solid underneath you. Where other bikes, when you're a bigger dude, 250, 240, it's going to feel wallowy. The Honda will not. Um, the suspension obviously will have to be resprung, but the chassis itself will feel much better to bigger riders on the East Coast than it would uh, a smaller guy on the West Coast because it's a little bit stiffer and you're on West Coast dirt, hard pack. It's a little bit rigid. The 2021 rigidity is a little bit less, but vibration is still the same as the 2020. It is up. It vibrates as much as a KTM, if not a little bit more. I feel a lot of vibration through the bars and the pegs. You can help yourselves get a pro taper bar. That'll help vibration. That'll help flex. But once your ECU is reflashed, let's say you're going to get it reflashed on this Honda, it is an amazing engine to ride. Lots of power, long gear. Second and third gear is as long as a KTM and, and a Husqvarna. Um, but the fork is soft initially, and the shock is soft at the end stroke. So getting spring rates right is very, very much key to the balance and the happiness of you and this motorcycle. So I guess I'm a little perplexed at times when I talk about this machine because as much as I like it, uh, in the same breath, I don't like it because it takes setup and as we know, Honda's track toughness isn't the best out there in the 450 world. Yes, it is better than 2020, especially on the West Coast side, but it's still not there. When I try to ride the Honda 450 fast and push at Glen Helen, it scares the shit out of me, and that is in stock form. I rode recently a Honda 450 with Enzo suspension, a little bit stiffer, springs, uh, front and rear, a little bit different valving, and it was much better to ride. It holds up better, better balance, less deflection, um, but for me, still has a rigid, um, at least too much of a rigid feeling for my pussy-ass 170-pound uh, riding hands, okay? Um, this is why I want to push it to the bigger guys that have some meat on them 
that are maybe a little bit stronger than I am that can handle a motorcycle. Those guys seem to not mind the stiff nature chassis like, um, for example, I have a buddy. He's 235 pounds. He's a B rider. Loves the bike a lot. Loves it. Doesn't even complain about the ECU. He says he doesn't even feel it. So there are moments or there are people out there that do not even feel that dirty ECU rich feeling that I am that I experience. So the engine character on the Honda is very broad, easy to ride. Suspension is soft. Chassis is a little bit stiff. Honda is working to try to calm that stuff down, and they did, but I don't think it was enough of a drastic change to really jump this bike up uh, into a number one category. As you can see, it has been rated down in a lot of these shootouts, and that is because, I think, of that ECU and the soft nature suspension, which allows this bike to kind of move around too much and then deflect. A little work does help this Honda, and it does uh, make you ride a little bit better. But for me, I want more comfort-based stuff. So that is why it's tough for me to pick this bike, especially uh, when there's other bikes ahead of it that are just a little bit more comfortable that I can push on more than the Honda. Now, moving on to what I feel like this bike shines. This bike is going to shine, again, for that vet rider that likes to lug his bike. It likes soft dirt. You're a heavier guy. You will enjoy this bike. I have a photographer slash test guy here, Dallas Dunn. He's 170, 175 pounds, short guy. Loves the bike because it can corner. If you're looking for a bike that helps you corner, Honda is where it's at. If you have ruts, you're an East Coast guy. You have ruts, and you got four to five, six ruts to choose from on your soft you know, tacky dirt that you're riding, which I'm jealous of, you son of a bitch. The Honda is the best. You're not going to find a better, more precise handling, cornering machine than a Honda. The Honda turns even better for 2021. Slightly more st stability in the 2021. I'm not going to say huge. It's a slight change, but you still have a lot of cornering um, capable machine underneath you when you have a 2021 honda west coast dishes if you guys listen to my podcast you know what dishes are dishes are shallow ruts that we have in the west coast occasionally we'll have a, a deep rut or two um, but we don't see that that much here the bike gets in to those dishes very well but if there's any kind of holes or imperfections inside those hard pack ruts the bike squats too much and is very unbalanced feeling so for me the softer the dirt the better this bike is you guys may think oh man you're hard on this machine i am a little bit because i've experienced a little bit of a of a honda that is really good and then i um i rode this one and i was like man i was super excited to ride it and if there's one bike out there that makes people want to go ride that just, just by looking at it, it is the Honda Serial 450R. I look at this bike. It's sitting in my garage. I'm like, shit, I want to ride this thing. It makes me want to ride. And then when I go ride it, I'm like, huh, kind of lets me down a little bit, right? So for $12,000, what they're getting for this bike, man, this thing better be bitching, and it's just not at that bitching level yet. It's pretty damn close, 
But these other bikes, for me, ahead of it, uh, are just a little bit more friendly to ride in general. There's very good points to this Honda. It's just not a consistent lap where I'm smiling. There's points of the track where I'm like, this is best bike. Two corners later, I'm like, holy shit, I'm scared of this thing. A corner, a next, next straightaway, I'm like, oh man, this bike's great. Two corners later, holy shit, this bike scares me. It's just inconsistent for me. So getting some work done to this Honda <laughs> is a requirement for me at least. Uh, if you're a Honda guy purchasing this machine, you're going to want stiffer suspension. You're going to want to get that EC refla- ECU reflashed. And then once you do that, if that bike came with stiffer springs and an ECU reflash, I would feel like it's in that third to fourth range for me, simply because of how easy it is to corner and how connected the throttle is once the ECU is reflashed. The, the throttle connectivity to the rear wheel is awesome, but you got to get some of that connectivity back with the ECU reflash. So if you guys aren't worried about doing a little few things to your bike, you're going to love your Honda. It is reliable. Honda reliability is great. To me, the fit and finish of a Honda on this on this year is not the most appealing. Um, you got the battery box hanging low, which I understand why they did that. It's kind of an eyesore for me. Uh, you got a, a piece on the case where you, you saw it looks like it was going to be a hydraulic clutch. Oh, I'm sorry, you thought it was going to be a, a cable clutch, and now they went to a hydraulic clutch, which is which is good. I like the hydraulic clutch much better than last year's 2020 clutch. That was a big pile of crap, stiff, inconsistent, fry the plates. I hated that clutch last year. Hydraulic clutch much better. The plates will last longer. Um, also for me, the ergonomics of a Honda, it's hard to beat. We talk about the Kawasaki. It feels similar to the Kawasaki to me. I sit on a Honda and it just feels right. If you're a six foot and over guy, you will like a Honda. If you're under six foot, you will like a Honda. Um, vet rider, over 200 pounds, you're going to like a Honda. East Coast guy, you're going to love a Honda. Front end steering guy, you're going to love a Honda. It's a front end steering motorcycle. It loves front wheel traction. It loves to be steered with the front end. Not so much with the rear end, but kudos to the guys at Honda for making it lighter. You will notice. If you had a chance to ride anything back-to-back with another brand and you get on that Honda, it feels light. Yes, it's only a few pounds lighter, but man, in corners, it feels lightweight. More so than the KTM and the Husqvarna. So there are very strong points to this machine. I just don't think it's quite there to win a shootout. Hopefully, Honda in 2022 addresses some of these things. And hell, who knows? This works edition that's coming out here next month, End of December, maybe that will have the fix. Maybe the EC will be fixed. Maybe the suspension will be fixed. The WE, holy hell, that's going to be a lot of money. If the stock one's twelve grand, I don't even know how much a WE is going to be, but man, it better have stiffer suspension and an easier-to-ride ECU uh, engine delivery. So um, uh, we'll see that. We'll, we'll, we're going to ride one of those things in about a month's time. So that is my overview of a non-shootout, specifically, you know, targeted for certain riders. I just broke down over ten types of riders, and hopefully, maybe some of this can you can hone in on and figure out which bike is best for you. As always, if I don't get to 
everything that you wanted to hear in this podcast, shoot me an email. I'm happy to help you guys out. That's why we created Kiefer Inc. I'm here to help you guys. That's a rewarding feeling for me. I love helping people. I love riding dirt bikes. But if I can help you steer your money in the right direction, that's why I'm here. Chris at KieferIncTesting.com. Feel free anytime. I'm happy to help. Give me some time to answer you back. But most likely, 95% of the time, I will get back to you. So thank you for your patience. And um, yeah, we're going to do this with the 250 class as well, the non-shootout. And then like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I haven't done a lot of off-road shootouts. So I'm, I'm deciding if I want to do one. And then uh, I've talked to a few people, and I am going to do one. And I've picked a couple guest testers from, um, I should say, listener test riders that wrote in an email, they're a hybrid type of guy. Uh, we're going to mix and match bikes for this off-road shootout, two strokes, four strokes. But I haven't done that in a long time since Dirt Rider Day, so we're going to do that this year. Again, 2020 is different. We're going to try to make it different over here in a positive way to try to get you guys some different information. Just trying to mix it up so you don't see all the same boring shit on every media off-road slash motocross website, right? So we're here to do that a little bit. And maybe we'll go back to shootouts next year. You never know. Hell, uh, <laughs> it could happen. Trust me. Uh, if you have any questions, hit me up an email. You guys want some merch. I just got some new sweaters coming in, hoodies, uh, Kiefer Tested Checkmark hoodies, and Kiefer Testing American Flag hoodies are going to be in stock uh, next week. You can hit up Heather at KieferInkTesting.com. Buy yourself one for Christmas. Buy your friends one. It helps us out. Only 40 bucks, not that much money. And you might get a little note from Heather. If you really want one from Heather, maybe that'll entice you to buy one. Heather at KieferInkTesting.com. We do Venmo. We do PayPal. Just hit her up. Tell, you to want, tell her how you want to pay, and we'll do it. And we'll get you sent out, get you just in time for Christmas for a Christmas present. Thank you guys for listening to this pod. It's been very, very enjoyable for me. I love talking about dirt bikes. I love 450s. And man, wait till you hear the 250 one I'm going to do. It's going to shock you. A couple new things to the 250 world uh, in 2021. And uh, I think you guys are going to like it. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to try to hit that up next week. I am off to Arizona with Aiden and Heather to go race the AZ Open. That's right. Arizona Open, Amateur Motocross National. Holy shit. We become that family. You guys want to read something cool that I typed up? Go to pulpmx.com. Kids and dirt bikes and work ethic. How can we get our kids to bust their ass? Well, the dirt bike is a great tool for that. I wrote up something over there. So go check it out. You can go to keyforinktesting.com or pulpmx.com and read all about it. But hopefully I see you guys at the track. If you do, come by, say hi. Let's bullshit. Let's talk shop. Dirt bikes, love, life, whatever it is, let's do it. We'll see you on the next one.